Okay, everyone get ready. 99 bottles of beer on the wall, 99 bottles of beer, and one of those bottles should have to fall. There'll be 98 bottles of beer on the wall, 98 bottles of beer on the wall, 98 bottles of beer, and if one of those bottles should have to fall, there'll be 97 bottles of beer on the wall, 97 Hello everybody, and welcome to the Chippewa Hockey Download, Episode 6. Happy to have you back with us. My name is Devin Severa, alongside Parker Morrison and Joe Laser from the CME Club Hockey Network media team. Today, we've got a sit-down with a very special guest from the Men's Division Three team. He's a former member of the Wisconsin River Rapids of the USPHL, is a transfer from Arcadia University's NCAA Division Three team. His accolades include the first-ever academic award for highest GPA at Arcadia University, he also won the HPL championship with the Honeybake AAA team, and he was the second leading scorer on the Central Michigan Chippewas team last year. Please welcome to the show, Nathan Bottles. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Excited to get started with this. I know you guys you guys put on quite a show. I've listened to the, the past few. They've been great, so excited to be a part, part of it for once. We're happy to have you on here, Bottles. And We've been getting things going here. We're consistent now. This is three episodes in a row, so we've matched what we did when the podcast originally failed, so we're going to have to keep it going with you and make sure we leave this off on a good note. So we'll start around. Uh, Joe, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. I've been working a lot, getting my money in, and I'm back in the zone where I have to start you know, creating some graphics, creating some templates, getting that outline of uh, for the team this year. I did talk with Chase Beardsley, he's the uh, beat writer for the Arizona State women's D1 ACHA hockey team. I talked to him back at Nationals, and they needed some help, graphic design work. Photographer Billy Weinberger uh, does the photography, and he does mostly graphic design, but it takes him a while to do it, so he needed some help. I reached out to him a couple weeks ago, and I will be their freelance graphic designer for this year. I will be creating templates for him game day, any of this, you know, stuff they need. I'll send them his way, so I'm, I'm happy and excited to work for him this upcoming season how cool i remember chase yeah from nationals he was the writer for the women's asu team who famously made it to nationals for the first time this past year uh falling in that tournament but he does a great job he's a great friend of us and cchn group now so happy to have that opportunity for you joe i know you're going to excel at that parker what's up with you man are you still in the gym still in the gym as always i mean nothing's going to change about that we're always going to stay in the gym till the day i pass away that's how it's going to work but other than that you know getting some school work done taking a couple online classes uh, just get some more credits and make sure that uh, those three minors don't screw me over to graduate a year later but you know is what it is we're doing well uh not, not as much as joe he's obviously putting himself out there a lot so good on you joe very proud of you for that man good luck on that upcoming uh upcoming thing for you but you know what just get ready for this season I'm sure you are two bottles getting ready for training getting ready for for this season kill it again as you did last year yeah you uh what you got going on with yourself nate you uh staying away from the chips and doritos and the nachos what are you uh what's your off-season diet plan looking like oh man i i try to stay away from it but you know sometimes you just got that urge that you just need something like that but i'm, I'm normally pretty good with it i mean i'm diabetic so it's kind of one of those things, stay away from certain things that are going to mess me up in that aspect. But it's been pretty good. I've just been working a lot. Same thing, going to the gym when I can. Working a nine to five. I got that old man job going right now, pretty much. I work at Blue Cross Blue Shield as an actuarial intern right now. So be pretty nice. It's pretty good. Good pay. Love it. So That's a tough area to work in, especially with 
not sure if you work in the office or you work like on site, like how chaotic is that? So I actually live like in downtown Detroit this summer. I got an, like a micro apartment and uh, I live down there. I walk to work. Obviously, sometimes I'm not there. So right now I'm not. I'm working remote today. They're super laid back with like when you come into the office and when you don't. So that's also super helpful. It's just a really laid back environment. There's not a lot of people that go into the office since it is like in downtown. And I don't think anyone wants to deal with that traffic. And 96 is all messed up still with construction. So yeah, they never fix the roads. Now I'm from this area too. And like 96 is shut down. Milford road is shut down the way I go to where Joe is and, or even you in East Lansing, your family and the Grand Rapids area. Right. And it just, it sucks to maneuver. So Hopefully uh, the Michigan Road Commission or whoever runs it starts getting their act together because they're really doing a piss poor job in my opinion right now. Let's get into kind of your string of questions here. Every time we have a guest on the podcast, we kind of ask them their background growing up on hockey. So tell us about your journey growing up in the East Lansing area. Williamston, Michigan is where you're from. Yeah, so I actually started skating when I was three years old. It's kind of weird. No one in my family has ever played hockey, like no immediate family or anything. And the first one in my family, I guess it was just one of those things. My dad had it on the TV and as a little kid, I was following the puck and he thought that was just kind of crazy that I was even doing that. Decided to take me to some in-person games. I still liked it and got into skating. Growing up, didn't, as I said, didn't even know much about hockey. So I just played near home in, in Lansing there for a while and then kind of figured out the harsh reality, like you need to start playing AAA hockey if that's how you want to get to that next level. So then I moved down to Detroit. Soon after that, after I started playing AAA, you make a ton of connections by doing that. It's one of my things I suggest to everybody, try to get into AAA hockey as soon as possible, because that's something that I didn't know. I played in Grand Rapids for three years as well. Um, this is not AAA, just AA hockey. Uh, met a lot of people there, and that's what kind of got me to, to think, okay, yeah, the next step is going to be AAA. Ended up playing for Meyer AAA, that brand new team for the first year. We had a pretty pretty rough year, so then I, I moved down to Little Caesars and, and Honey Baked down that way and they're they're good teams I mean both guys it's crazy looking back and, and seeing all these guys that I played with and now they're playing D1 hockey NCAA and just doing crazy things a lot of guys playing pro as well so it's interesting it's kind of like oh man you know I wonder if like, maybe that could have been me I don't know but I like where I'm at I mean this is a nice spot I mean great people at Central here and and it's going to get me to the end goal which is getting that degree and getting a good job out of it so and then I guess after that, I also went to uh, play junior hockey. I got bounced around a ton. First, it was out into Massachusetts there. Uh, I signed a tender with the South Shore Kings. I was there for about a month and then got traded to IHC in the NCDC as well. So it was tier two hockey. Hockey was it was paid for. I obviously was living with a billet family. You have to pay for billet family fees as well, um, just living there. And then after that, kind of got traded again. They that team was just like a revolving door. I mean, we had new guys coming in every week and it was getting getting to be a lot. Like we had in practice six lines of forwards. So you really had to fight to, to get in the lineup at all. And then even when you were, it's like you have to fight to to perform in the very limited shifts that you might get in that situation. So it was it was a grind for sure. I got ended up getting traded again to Wisconsin, uh, Rapids River Kings there. And that was a great experience. I think the best billet family I've had is, has been out there. Really great family, great fans. I mean, we had way more fans out in Wisconsin than we did out in Massachusetts there. And they're, they're pretty diehard out there. So it's interesting, you know, signing like autographs and stuff. It's like just some 17, 18 year old kid and I'm 
signing autographs for people and it's like it's not like the craziest level i mean it's tier three junior hockey it's not not anything wild but it was a really cool experience for sure and then uh, that ended up taking me to arcadia university committed to play ncaa d3 hockey there uh, it was a first year ncaa team beautiful campus i mean i think that was the biggest thing they have a, like a castle on campus um which you don't see that very often the the coach was it was the right fit it was uh vinnie vinnie petrangelo great guy really made the adjustment and he's a younger guy too he really kind of fit in and and, and bought into the whole allowing like forwards to be creative and since it's a new team there's not really any oh, I'm going to play the seniors. We were all freshmen coming in. So we had a couple of transfers, I guess, but that was still wide open spots and, and potential and, and possibility to play. Uh, I ended up playing a lot there. I uh, had a pretty good freshman season. Uh, ended up deciding to to come over here to Central and decided to continue playing hockey and, and finish up my school here. So that's kind of how I got to where I am today. Hey, that's that's a really cool story, man. I want to know, what was, the, what was the thing that made you take the switch over to Central? What was the big deciding factor on that? Um, there's kind of a, a lot of stuff that, that went on, um, behind the scenes. I mean, as I said, there was like, I had a great season. I mean, it was a great team, great guys, but I think I don't really want to say it was like too much of a grind because I enjoyed it, but there was a lot of like other stuff when it came to, to schooling and then, um, cost for a lot of things. Since it's NCAA D3, you don't get athletic scholarships. I, I did have a lot in academic scholarships, but Arcadia is a pretty pricey school. So it was kind of one of those things that in-state tuition here at Central and just how everything went down. There was a lot of like other, uh, you know, mental stuff going on as well, where it's like, yeah, I think I should just finish up school and, and get done. Cause I would be in my, I would have just finished my sophomore season over there, like ac athletically. But academically, I was a junior over there, pretty much a, a sophomore junior when I finished. So I'll be a senior here uh, this this upcoming year. And it just came down to one of those things that's I'm ready to to kind of get started with my life. It was a really great opportunity. I mean, I appreciate everything they did over there and nothing against like the team or the coach or anything like that. It was just kind of one of those uh, decisions I made for myself to just come over here. And Nathan, you said you played AAA hockey with Meyer and then you went over to Little Caesars. And you bounce your way through the USPHL and then on to Arcadia and ultimately coming to Central Michigan. Uh, was there any difference between playing between those three leagues and the competitiveness? Was it was there any spot difficult for you or was it kind of like an easy tr transition for you? So I think probably the biggest transition was coming from the youth hockey, like playing AAA. Thankfully, I, I played on some that it was treated like a junior team with little Caesars. I mean, the coaches I had, the Cirillos, they were pretty hardcore when it came to that stuff. We actually, as youth hockey, you don't really cut people mid season because they have to go find a new team. Like it just doesn't happen. Normally when you get picked for a team, you stay on that team in youth hockey. And that's just how it is. Like, even if you're not playing well, you'll still play every game. You don't really ever get scratched or anything like that. But at Little Caesars, that was when they first moved into Little Caesars Arena and they played down there at the Belfort Training Center. So that was that was a really cool experience in itself, but we had, we had scratches. We went through six guys on the team. So that kind of prepared me almost for junior hockey because it's even more intensified once you get up there because junior hockey, they, they will take as many kids as they can and they make it competitive by doing that. And I think that's probably one of the biggest things too, that you'll see even up into college hockey in these higher levels, like you need those scratches, you need that compete level to be up that high. You can't just kind of roll through with, you know, three, four lines and just hope hope it goes for the best because ultimately those guys are getting traded. They're getting moved around. Just there's a lot of movement when it comes to getting at those higher levels. And 
I think that's another tough aspect too, is once you move over to junior hockey, you're, I was taking part-time classes online. So I was managing that. We obviously had team workouts every day on the ice for, oh my gosh, so many hours. Like, and it was like different ice sessions. So you'd have like a normal practice with the whole team. You'd have different skill skates for different positions. Um, and then if you wanted, which obviously you're, you're trying to impress, right? That's the goal. You're trying to one, impress your junior coach so that you can stay there and, and be up there to, to be looked at for college. So you try to do everything you can to be on the ice and it's everything that you do revolves around hockey at that point. So it was pretty, pretty crazy to go through that. And I think it was a lot of fun. I think once it gets to college too, then you have to manage even more classes um, when it came to NCAA. And that was, that was more of a grind uh, getting up at four 30 every morning to go to practice before, before the day even started, then going to class, working out every day. And normally it was two workouts a day. We had conditioning and, and normal workouts. So it was definitely, it seemed like it just continued to ramp up. And then here at Central, it's it's club hockey. So it's a little more uh, laid back, which is not always a bad thing. I mean, it's, I, I enjoyed the grind when I was a part of it. I really did. But um, it's a little bit different here, like compete level and, and everything. I think that it's going to be turned up definitely next year. I think this is a really good move that we're getting a lot of those uh, D2 guys. And I think it should make practices like the compete level go way up. I think we're going to have scratches this year and it, it should make things a lot better. Definitely. I think the most interesting aspect that you mentioned was the academics of playing that junior hockey level. You clearly were a good academic student. Uh, you received those academic honors at Arcadia and it transferred over to CMU. Was there any like tricks of the trade you used to work your way around? I don't think they had chat GPT back in your younger days. So, you know, did you, did you ever have some references from like coaches or players with you that helped you get through uh, the academic side? No, actually. So it's, it's kind of weird in, in junior hockey. Most of the time you see people either will do that. They'll take a few classes online or they'll get a job and work. So it's, it's a little bit different in that aspect, but I think for me, the, the biggest thing that I did, I, I didn't have any help or anything like that. Normally, it's just kind of like you're there for hockey. Everything else that you do outside of that, it's it's kind of on you. And then at Arcadia, obviously, it's really important to, to maintain your eligibility and be able to, to play in that upcoming semester, which you'll see that in college hockey a lot too. People won't have the grades and then they won't be able to play for that semester. And I think, I, I guess I just kind of stayed on top of it. I don't know. It's, it's something that I just continued to do every day. It was a part of my routine. I, I think that was the biggest thing for me, just having a routine and, and staying on it, like setting aside time just for school and being able to do that really helped. And I was able to go with a lighter course load at Arcadia since I had so many credits coming in because I went part-time online um, that transferred over. So I was able to go with a lighter schedule, which also was super helpful, especially when it comes to those higher level classes. Makes complete sense. Now, I know piggybacking a little bit off of what Devin just said, but did you have anyone throughout the course of, of coming up to Central that you really had a big connection with that made a big influence on, on your decisions to go throughout your childhood? I know you've bounced around from team to team. You've played in some very high-level competitions. Was there anybody that, that really kept you going throughout all of that? Yeah, I mean... First thing, like my parents, they, they're super supportive and it was able, it was super easy to do that. I think as you kind of progress through hockey, you make a ton of connections with coaches and they really help you out and get you to that next level. There's also like hockey advisors as well, which I would say, try to stay away from those. A lot of them are just kind of trying to get your money. So I would always tell people to try to stay away from that, but sometimes it helps. They do have connections. It's just for, if you're looking at like the cost, like outweighing that, I think it's not really worth it. I, I had one for a time, but as I said, wasn't for me, not the best move, but I think the biggest thing was my coaches, my previous coaches, they really helped me out. They have connections 
especially at those higher levels when it comes to AAA, because their ultimate goal is to send you to junior hockey or to that next level. So they, they make those connections um, all the time. And I was actually able to do that. And I think when it comes to junior coaches, it's the same thing. They, they have those college connections because that's their goal is to move you up there. Obviously you need the right coach. Some of them don't have as many connections. Some of them aren't great at promoting people, but once you get the right right coaches and, and you just kind of have to feel that out and, and find out what's best for you. Players have decided to play ACHA just on the fact that what you mentioned about, it is a little bit more laid back than your typical junior team. You would have more of an opportunity to play in some cases and not to mention just more fun. I think a lot of junior players go yeah. through that cycle of going up to that rank and they don't exactly make it to where they want in the end goal. Like what kind of broke the stigma for you about the ACHA? There's definitely this stigma about it that, you know, a lot of hockey players uh, we hear about and not necessarily players, but coaches. How did you kind of break that stigma and who was that important factor in doing that? I guess I wouldn't say there was like really a, like a, a driving factor or a single person that kind of broke that for me. I know that there's good players that play in, in the ACHA. Like there's no shortage of like talent when it comes to certain players. I mean, obviously it's one of those things that like there's good players in this league that it's just the right fit for them. It made the most sense. They wanted to play. They wanted to go to school. There's just so many other reasons why people, good players would be in this league. And I think that for me, uh, it was one of those things like first thing first, I was looking at the school. It has what I want. It's it's going to help me out in my professional career after school. So I needed a school that had the degree that I'm majoring in right now, which is pretty uncommon for a lot of schools. Two, it was in Michigan, made the most sense. And it's just kind of like one of those things like icing on cake or whatever. It's, it's one of those things they have, they have a hockey team. So that was one of the biggest things for me. And I came in, I didn't really know anybody here. So I had to kind of just make new friends. And that's kind of how it is everywhere you go though. When it comes to like junior hockey, you're, you're kind of on your own pretty much everywhere. So more of a fun question. Well, just genuinely, what was your favorite part of last season? Oh man, I think it's definitely like, it's so cliche, but it's got, it's like the, just the guys. I mean, I don't know what it is. Like we can go hang out after I mean it's one of those things it's like when you're at those higher levels like everybody's just so dialed into one thing so since this is more like laid back you can really connect with your teammates more and go out with them and have fun with your teammates like I know these guys like they love to party here at Central and it's one of those things it's like I like hanging out with fun people and if they like having fun then that's just like one of the best things for me so I mean those guys that lived at the hockey house there I was over there all the time it was just a, a lot of fun to, to go hang out with them and just get to experience uh, Mount Pleasant the beautiful beautiful city of Mount Pleasant. Let's talk about just kind of like the end game at Central Michigan. I know you're kind of, it's a, it's a laid back lead, but you also guys like to have fun. Uh, just being on the bench, uh, taking photos for you guys. I've heard a lot of just like cool sayings you said or some funny things you said. Finish him! Or like <laughs> yeah, towards the other guys. Has there been any interaction with the other team, like chirp wise or just comments wise that you found funny or was there any like highlight moments from that i actually have like one story of that i mean obviously with the last name bottles you, you kind of get a lot of that stuff i don't know what it is i mean that's all they say this year specifically it was kind of weird no one really like tried to chirp me and if they did it wasn't really a chirp I don't, I don't know what it was they were talking about how i came from ncaa it's like i'm just kind of amazed that these people even know that much about me it's kind of like thanks for the elite prospect view i guess i, I don't know it's one of those things like uh, is that really a chirp? I, I mean, we're all playing club hockey. Like, this is supposed to be fun I'm, and competitive, but it's supposed to be fun. You're supposed to enjoy hockey. And it's like, really, you guys are, you're a backup goalie on a team. And you're telling me like, oh, like, couldn't hang at NCAA D3. So you got to come down here. It's like, yeah, I guess. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm here. And then actually one of them, he plays on trying now. 
the best chirp that I have ever heard in my entire life on my last name was uh, I was lining up at a face-off. This kid, Matthew Bradley, I don't know if you guys are familiar with him, but growing up as kids, I played against him a lot. I think he's on trying now. Might might have just graduated, but he came up to me and he, I forget exactly how it went, but it was like bottles, like you're like only worth 10 cents or something like that. He, he brought up the like how much I was worth. It was just, I forget how it went exactly, but I was like, wow, that was, that was pretty good. I've never heard someone tell me that I'm only worth 10 cents. I guess that's the return factor. I don't know. We got to eventually edit up this um this is kind of an unreleased thing we never announced but we have a mic'd up of you from practice that was half audio recorded because our transmitter at the time just completely flaked out on this it was it wasn't having it it was it, it took a day off on us so we're gonna have to edit that up and and get some more out of you because you're a vocal guy you know you may not show right now but you're a vocal guy out there tell us oh, yeah. about I love having fun <laughs> oh definitely it, you're a beauty it's all about the fun right let's exactly. Go back to your the USPHL days with the Wisconsin Rapid River Kings. You and teammate Luke Hardage, I think is how you pronounce his name, started a podcast, Skate in the River. Tell us about what the inspiration was behind that and what your podcast entails. Yeah, so obviously with junior hockey, you kind of got a lot of, I don't want to say a lot of downtime. Uh, normally it's super busy, and obviously I was in, in doing school as well, but it was just kind of one of those things like we thought it'd be fun. I mean, obviously podcasts at the time were kind of like blowing up and, you know, you see the spit and chicklets and stuff like that. And we thought it'd just be something fun that we can get like our teammates involved in and it would just be something that we could carry on and they can do whatever. And the people in Wisconsin Rapids, as I said, they're kind of hardcore fans. So we knew they would love it at least. And then it, it kind of turned into one of those things where we, we wanted it to be more laid back and you could tell any story because there's a lot of crazy junior hockey stories out there that a lot of these guys have dealt with. But sadly, it kind of got a little bit of a censorship because our team was promoting it. And uh, we weren't allowed to say certain things when it came to speaking about different teams or experiences people had with different teams. So it turned into one of those things where it was just kind of nice to get to talk to your teammates. Nothing like crazy. We didn't get to talk any crazy stories, but you learned a little bit about people. Like I learned that one of my teammates was like a gymnast for like 10 years. And it was like, I would never have guessed that that person was a gymnast. You learn some crazy things about, about people when you end up actually getting to get to know them, get to talk to them. But I want to know, we, we, we all went down to Miami of Ohio together on, on a trip, three game, three game trip. And you guys single-handedly took down the number two team in the nation at the time, the Ice Bears. That was a very high scoring game and an amazing one to watch. What was it like after the final horn sounded and you guys had the victory, you took them down? What was it like on the bench, on the ice, and then on the bus ride home as well? Yeah, that was that was a really big win for sure. I mean, it was kind of crazy how high scoring it was. It was a little bit scary at times just because of how many goals were getting scored all the time. I'm glad we scored more than them, obviously. But on the bench, I mean, obviously it's a great thing to win every time. And I, I mean, we had huge games all weekend there. I mean, beating teams ranked higher than us pretty much all the time. I mean, we went out with, you know, we won every game. So that was, that was huge. And I know that a lot of the guys really enjoyed it. The locker room was, was electric after. I think everybody just really enjoyed being able to beat a number two team. And we knew how big that was. That was obviously going to really help us in the rankings. That entire weekend was kind of like a step in the right direction for sure. And I kind of want to bring up what happened this season. It was kind of a huge change for you guys, not only behind the bench, but also on the ice and the locker room. But Coach Catiline was relieved of his duties, and they brought on Brennan Martin for interim head coach. Can you talk to us a little bit about that transition and how it affected the team? Yeah, I think that it was 
Coach Catalan did a really good job. I mean, I wasn't with him for very long because it was just like that first little part of the season that was when I met him and stuff. So I think he did a great job with what he did. And I know he's coaching a junior team now, so he's he's got his foot in the right door and he's he's going in the right direction. I think when it came to Marty coming on, it was something that I thought was was needed. He has a lot of knowledge of the game. Obviously, he's been here for a long time. Huge impact on the program itself. So I think that it was really kind of something that our team needed, especially with how things were going. It was kind of like one of those a turning point for our team in the season, especially since we started, you know, losing some of those games, obviously the penalties. I think it started getting like the morale of the entire team messed everything up. So I think it was definitely needed and, and Marty's doing a really great job. I know that he has a lot in store for us and a lot planned for the future of this team and, and he's the right guy for it. You really turned it on with Andrew Porzonic this year, you guys ran a line together pretty much all year. How much fun did you have working with a guy like that? Or were there other teammates that specifically you enjoyed being on the ice with most? And do you have sort of a, you know, Parker asked a favorite memory, but a favorite goal you scored this year? I'm not really good with uh, remembering my goals I scored, but I do know Porzo. He he set me up with one that that I see that Joe put in some of the videos there, and uh, that was that was a really cool one for me is getting a nice pass like that and then having it go in the net. I mean, obviously, it doesn't happen very often. You get to tip one with your backhand, and it goes top shelf. So I, I think that was probably a goal that stood out to me. But yeah, working with Porzo, he's a, he's a good player. He finds ways to be in the right spot for sure. I mean, it's it's nice having somebody that, that can do that and put themselves in a position to score goals. And obviously he did that really well. I think that Don having that opportunity, I watched him leaps and bounds, like coming from the start of the season with his confidence, with how he was playing. He started scoring a lot of goals. He started producing. He's He knew he wanted to fit a role and then he played that role to the best of his ability on, on the line that he was on. And I think he did a great job as well up there. I really enjoyed playing with a lot of people. Like I know that Gibby and I didn't get to play together much, but it was fun every time I was out on the ice with him. Um, same thing with like Connor Morgan. Playing with him was was fun. I, I always like playing with players that are a little more gritty and, and they grind for, for pucks and, and try to make plays that way there's not not many guys on the team I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't want to play with I, I would play with anybody on the team I think that they're all good guys and I think that a lot of them kind of didn't have the confidence to like feel like oh like I'm not doing well right now and it's it's one of those things that once they get put in positions like like Don was like that confidence builds and they'll all get better because of it so I think we saw a lot of guys that that felt that way and they they definitely started getting more confidence near the end of the season um, when Marty kind of switched things up and, and went with the, the different line combinations to get everybody involved. So I think that was a, another smart move by him. Yeah, now if we take a, a very, very big step back from Central itself, if you could choose two or three line mates out of NHL, OHL, even Central's lineup as we have right now, who who are a couple of line mates that, that you would pick? Oh, okay. Well, my my first one's actually going to go back to Wisconsin Rapids. He he's actually just getting married soon here. He he just proposed to his his girlfriend that he met out in Wisconsin Rapids. So, but he ended up going to Norwich, uh, playing NCAA D three hockey there for a little while, which they are a really good NCAA D three team. But it's a uh, Cole Krieger. He actually is from Colorado. He came to Michigan, played AAA in Michigan. I played against him for a little while, and then he ended up going to Wisconsin Rapids and played there for five years or something like that. Just crazy. But he was a really good player, just one of those centers that he won face-offs, he did everything right, and there's a reason that he was there for so long, and he was on the first line for as long as he was, and, and really did so well. He's one of those players that you don't get to play with very often, and I think just playing with him, I mean, this is even out of everybody you said, like NHL, like he's one of the guys, like I loved playing with him. He knew how to play the right way. He 
shared the puck. He, he scored goals when he needed to. He always found himself in the right position. And it was never one of those things where some players in that position, when they get a lot of points, it's all about points. But it's one of those guys that you just love playing with because it's not about that. It's about playing the game, playing it the right way. And if you get a point, it's fine. If you don't, it's fine too. But I think that was probably the biggest thing for me was he was just one of those like top tier teammates. He was our captain there. He did everything the right way. And I think if I could choose another line mate, I think I would have to go Dreisaitl. I think that he's he's pretty underrated. He gets a little bit overshadowed by by McDavid, but man, watching that guy play, he can just make some crazy plays. And I think that would just be, that'd be crazy to play with him ever. Be on the same ice as him even. <laughs> yeah, we're heading into the end of the dog days of the summer and getting ready for the uh, hockey season to start up again. Uh, is there any training or routines that you're practicing over the summer to keep yourself in shape and keeping yourself getting ready for the season? Anything on ice, off ice, in the, in the training room, anything like that? Yeah, so I actually, since I am working like over 40 hours a week, it, it's kind of tough to get a lot of like training that I used to do, especially when it came to like training for when I was going out to Arcadia. That was like, I worked at an ice rink. So I, I went in at 5 a.m. I skated for hours and then I started my shift and ended my day at the ice rink and then worked out. I think this summer it's been a little more challenging since I am in that like full-time job position to get on the ice as much as I would like to. But I have been kind of skating with uh, Don's got this like beer league thing. I try to make it out to that because that's later at night, obviously, and I can just get on the ice. I think the biggest thing, though, especially when it comes to like summers, when you're training for the upcoming season is just being in the weight room as much as possible. I've been doing pretty good at that. I know that uh, Marty's got a workout plan for us. I try to add a little bit to it. I think the biggest thing is just like a conditioning type workout as well. Obviously, there's just the normal workouts that you do, um, the ones that Marty sends out, but I, I try to get on the bike as much as possible. I know that's kind of one of those things. It's just conditioning is probably the biggest thing coming into this upcoming year. I know we're going to have a training camp, and I think that'll get rid of that like on-ice aspect of it once we get onto that. It's cool you mentioned the training plan Marty mentioned because he told us on the podcast when we had him on that he went to a coaching seminar with Adam Nightingale, who's the new head coach or has been for the past year at Michigan State University. So a lot of the stuff that he's implemented with you guys, he's told us has been from that advice. Also former coaches and players like Ryan Tyre and his own sources, right? When he played at CMU. So it's great to hear that you're off training. Regiment has something down that you guys all like and Obviously, with your experience, you're probably one of the best guys to talk to with that. You know what it's like to play at that high level. So we got an anonymous tip about an unreleased commitment video to CMU. You want to uh, elaborate on that to us? Oh, my gosh. That was <laughs> – I don't know who told you that, but it was probably – it's probably the funniest video I have on my phone at the current time. It was one of those things that was – I'm going to be going to play club hockey. I just – thought it'd be hilarious to make one of those because you see all those people do like commitment videos with the hats and everything um and I decided I was going to do that for Central and it was just one of those things that I thought would be hilarious to share with just a close group of people but I guess it it's out now so <laughs> yeah I guess it is well you announced it maybe we'll have to get a some sort of parody video up by Joe I'm not going to ask you to show it here uh <laughs> Joe we might have to get you on hold for that hey uh you might be getting a new number this coming season Tell us about your number choice for CMU. Yeah, so I, I am looking at, at all my options right now, but it's looking like if I could, if I was graced enough 
to wear and put on that number seven that um, Chow. So, I mean, he wore it great. So I, it's kind of one of those things. It's like it's either going in the rafters or someone's got to take over that that number seven. And uh, I would be honored to to put on the number seven uh, that Charlie Hayes once wore. Yeah, one of the best defensemen in chipball history, former captain. Charlie Hayes, we know you're good buddies with him, so he likes to pull your strength from time to time. You got a good, hey, you got a good <laughs> Charlie Hayes story for us? You can't, you can't leave us without telling at least one. Oh, man. There's just so much. I mean, he... <laughs> He's one of those guys that you just like hang out with all the time. Like we would have like super late practices on Tuesday, go into the Wednesday morning ones. And like, he's that guy that we just stay up all night. Cause it's like, well, we got to be up in three hours anyway. Like might as well just, just <laughs> stay up all night. But he's, <laughs> I think probably, I forget when it was exactly. And I don't know if I definitely can't tell the full story on this, but we ended up going over to the other hockey house where OC is. And I have a video of it on my phone. He's, He's like dancing to this song and there's like no words, but he's got a microphone and it was just the funniest video I think I've ever seen of Charlie. Like he's just like totally vibing there, like going crazy. There's like lights in the background and it's like, wow. Like some Rubbles karaoke? Yeah, it was like that, but he wasn't singing. He was just dancing. But that was, that was definitely uh, a great, great memory I have of him. I know we also had some long walks back from, from O'Kelly's a few times, and, and those, those are always interesting. Especially in the wintertime when, like, Friday night or Saturday night and 30 degrees out, you know, kind of gets you cooled down. But then it's like, oh, I made a bad, bad decision here. We we actually walked back. There was, uh, it was me, Don, and Toph. Uh, we all walked back from O'Kelly's, and it was, like, a blizzard night. I don't know why we decided to do that or what. The call was there but i guess i just started walking we had to help push a car out of a ditch on the way back they didn't give us a ride which was kind of like okay but we pushed it out of the ditch they went up onto like the sidewalk and then put it back in the ditch so then we had to push it out again and uh it was just one of those it was crazy and then we ended up going into the one of the buildings at cmu and it was hilarious i i don't remember much of the night because i was freezing i remember waking up in the morning like wow that was probably a terrible idea but we made the walk back and, and made it alive so the long walk back from O'Kelly's. We've all had them. We've all been there. Some crazy stuff happens on the way back, but you know, we, we've all had them. So you're not alone there. I want to move a little more towards the end goal for you. What, what do you want to end up at? I know Chippewa hockey, this is going to be your last year here. You're going to be graduating this coming year. So congratulations on that, first of all. But what's, what do you want to do after this? I know you mentioned your amazing career, your amazing internship that you have uh, currently, but what do you want to end up doing? Yeah, so I've I've kind of been thinking about this a lot. I, I obviously I want to go into the actuarial field. Um, there's a lot of options and possibilities there. That's the main goal. Um, with that, I mean it's a little more intense because they have actuarial exams. Those are like separate from stuff that we do at Central. There's like prep classes for those at Central, but the exams are separate from. Uh, actual schools that's done through the Society of Actuaries and it's this whole exam process. Um, and obviously I want to get really started on those and, and crank as many of those out as I can get through and progress through that field. But I have I have been considering, I, I actually lived with a kid from France for a year when I was in Wisconsin and he's very, very interesting individual, but he plays professional hockey out there. Uh, I think it'd be really cool to go over to Europe maybe just for a year or two and play hockey out there. It's not anything where you'd make a crazy amount of money or anything like that, but um, they provide a place for you to live normally. There's not much when it comes to taxes out there. And 
normally they pay for food and then you get a little money on the extra on and on top of that i just think that'd be a really cool experience to go out there and just experience europe like that and i know that he's he's talked to me my, my buddy from france and, and said that there's some options out there he would love for me to come out there again and I, I talk to him every now and then but obviously the, the time zone difference is a little tough like he'll be calling me and it's three in the morning or he calls me at five in the morning, which I don't know why he stays up until five in the morning, but it's pretty interesting to listen to him when he's got him and his drunk friends trying to speak English to me. As Europeans, they can uh, be a hoot and a holler, I like to call them. <laughs> yeah. It's good stuff. We haven't really asked you at all about this upcoming season. This schedule that was released about a month ago now has a lot of good teams on the schedule early. Lawrence Tech, Saginaw Valley come to mind. You're basically playing Notre Dame out the shoot. Do you have yeah. a game or a series you're looking forward to the most? And if not, just elaborate on us about your expectations. I think for me, the biggest one that stands out is going to be the Saginaw Valley. And that's just because a lot of kids that I, two of them that I know, I played with one of them in Wisconsin Rapids and watched the other one play in Wisconsin Rapids. They they just committed to Saginaw Valley. Wasn't sure how that's going to go or if I'll get to play against them, but it, it should be a, a good experience to play against them. And obviously Saginaw Valley, like last year, two close games and unfortunate how they ended up. But I, I think that we really got a shot this year, especially with the, the team that we, we have that Marty's putting together right now. And then I think Notre Dame, we went there last year. I, I know it's going to be early and we need to be prepared for that. Definitely. But I don't think, especially the first game when we got beat so bad, I've, I've never lost a game like that. I don't think in my entire career that that horrible, but um, I think that there's a little bit of like revenge almost on that one. We That sticks out to me because that was one of the worst losses that I've ever had to deal with. And I, I don't ever want to have to feel that again. And I think we kind of owe it to ourselves to come back and, and definitely play him way better this year because that was not the kind of hockey that we should be playing. That was a very unfortunate loss, but you know, it's it's going to happen to every team, but at least at least once. But you, I think you guys have an amazing shot this year to take down SVSU. That's going to be a really good game to, to watch, hopefully even broadcast, who knows. But I know we talked about the end goal for you as a person. How do you think the season uh, as a team is going to do this year? What, what are your end goal hopes? Obviously, a natty would be amazing. That would be absolutely perfect season. Great way to end it off at CMU. But what do you think your end goal is for the entire team as a whole? I think obviously really competing in the MCHC this year. I think last year was a little bit rough and I, I want to take it as far as we can. I want to win that MCHC. I, I want to win a national championship. I want to win all of the games that we're supposed to win. I want to win games that we're not supposed to win. It's one of those things that I think as a team, and especially since we have so much depth now, and with those kind of two teams combining almost, I think we're going to be in a really good position to one, have a super high compete level in practice every day, because everybody's going to be fighting for a spot to play in that next game, because we're at this rate, we have scratches, we're going to have scratches, and you don't want to be that person that's not going to be in the lineup. And that's what fuels that compete level, wanting to be in the lineup, wanting to play consistently is another huge thing. So I think it's just going to be a really good year for us. I think Obviously, the end goal is always the same is to win games. Uh, I think we really need to kind of break it down, though, a little bit more. And I'm sure Marty can agree on this, and, and he speaks about this, too. It needs to be one shift at a time, one period at a time, really breaking it down almost so that you're doing everything right in that one specific shift that you have. You do that all the time throughout the entire game. You're going to win hockey games. And once you win the game, you're going to win more games. And then that's what's just going to build. We kind of talked about this a little bit earlier in the podcast, but we got 16 new guys coming in. We lost uh, seven or eight guys from last season. Are you excited and, and, and intrigued about the new guys coming in? Are you, do you have anyone that you're excited to work with and get to know better and get to 
play this upcoming season? Yeah, I think I think it's going to be really interesting and kind of getting to to meet all these guys. Obviously, we haven't had a whole lot of opportunity right now to do that. I think it would probably be pretty beneficial if we tried to get some like Zoom calls going or something. I know that's what my previous teams have done just to like touch base throughout the summer, make sure the like, training regimen's going well and just kind of give everybody an opportunity to just talk and, and get to know each other. So hopefully we can maybe get that going or, or, or something like that. I could try to figure that out when I have time, but I think it'll be pretty interesting to meet a lot of these D2 guys. I know didn't really have a whole lot of like experience with talking with them. I know they're, they're good players. We're going to have that, that depth that we need. And I think it'll be interesting to see kind of where everybody stacks up once we get into it because we haven't had everybody on the ice at once even at the prospect skates we're missing a few guys here and there so it's one of those things it's like I wish I had a, a direct answer like of certain players that I'd like to play with I know that there's just going to be a lot of new players that are going to be good players I think it's going to be just one of those things where you kind of got to feel it out and see where people end up and how things shake up during practice when we first get our like training camp uh, started very well said great analysis in depth I love how much you talk about that commitment to providing a better experience this year in the MCHC. It's going to be a tough conference. Everybody is getting better, but we know you guys are as well. Before we let you go, you got a favorite pregame song that you like to hype yourself up with? You guys play a lot of music in that locker room. What's your go-to on the playlist, the Ox? Oh my gosh. Actually, it's it's going to be from SoundCloud. Uh, two kids that I played hockey with actually created this. It's called the Jacked Factory Basement Mix. It goes hard. It goes really hard. There's like even part of the miracle speech in there. And it was one of those things that we like just listen to all the time. Like even in junior hockey, it was just one of those things that was always on. I don't know if everybody else likes it, but I like it. So I'll listen to that. And that gets me, that definitely gets me going for the game. I try not to stretch though, because I don't know if you know this, but 100% of the time that you get injured in a game, what did you do before the game? You probably were trying to stretch. So I try to avoid stretching. I think that if you look at the numbers, that's probably how you get hurt. So I like to be super, super chill before games, not too loose. Yes, sir. Favorite meal? Mark, you probably yeah. disagrees. What's the, what's the snack, man? Is it chicken parm? I'm a big fan of that, but. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Chicken parm. Definitely. Oh yeah. You give me a good chicken parm before, before a game. I actually try not to eat too much before a game though. I don't know. I just, if I'm going to be skating a lot that day, I definitely don't want to throw that up. So it's kind of one of those things where I'll have it like hours and hours before the game. So it's more of like a, a lunch slash dinner um, that early, but yeah, nice pasta dish or something, get a little bit of carbs in, just try to get through, through the day into the game. We'd love to hear it. I think that's about, we've been covering this for an hour and we could go more. We love talking to you, Nate. You're one of the biggest beauties on this team. I'll be sure to give maybe an outro of 99 bottles of beer on the wall for you. Something just to pick your brain a little bit. I'm surprised you didn't say you heard like a chirp about that at all. Like if you got like, if you were on the ice while a goal was scored, I think I don't want to give other teams ideas that they're listening, but I'd be counting down that song to use. Does that ever bother you to hear that? <laughs> Not really. I've heard just a lot of things. It's like mainly like the biggest one is like filling up water bottles. I don't know like what that has to do with anything, but, um, did you hear that? I mean, you've activated my Siri by saying that it was weird. <laughs> I don't know why that just went off. <laughs> it's funny. Okay. Well, uh, I don't know. I have headphones, but there's also a speaker coming out to this, but yeah, water bottles. That's, Hmm. I, that's yeah, they just kind of like yeah, saying my like, last name and filling them up or that's all I'm good for is just filling up water bottles on the team. I don't know. It's, just one of those things, like, I've heard it all. I mean, I've heard, like, good ones, too. Like, oh, I never met a bottle I didn't like. But that's normally coming from, like, alcoholics, probably. So not a not a great look there. Not as, not as family-friendly. You know, it's a family-friendly yeah. pod, I'm sure. So 
might have to cut that one out. Just kidding. We're not going to do that. <laughs> but it was an enjoying experience talking to you, Nate. And we hope that your internship keeps going well in Detroit. Maybe we'll even uh, come give you a visit. It's a good time talking to you on this podcast. And we look forward to seeing you and the rest of the men's Division Three hockey team this upcoming season when you guys begin to open things against Ferris State coming up this season. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Chippewa Hockey Download. Episode 6, a sit-down with Nathan Bottles. On behalf of Joe Laser, Parker Morrison, my name is Devin Sarah. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you guys next week. Bottle of beer on the wall One bottle of beer on the wall One bottle of beer Then that bottle happens to fall There'll be no more bottles of beer on the wall No more bottles of beer on the wall No more bottles of beer There's nothing else to fall Because there's no more bottles of beer on the wall Holy crap, I don't believe I did that